Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hi, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today we're visiting with Nadia from BodyUnburdened.com. Nadia, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. I'm so excited to talk to you today because you write about a subject I am really passionate about. In addition to real food, you write about non-toxic living, and I think that is so vitally important to our health. Yes, me too, obviously. Yeah, it so is. And, um, like, what – I'm always curious to know, like, what brought you to this? Like, did you grow up in a household where you were always, you know, using natural products, or did you have, you know, some kind of awakening? Um. Yes. Well, no, I did not grow up in a household like that at all. And even still now, when I go home to visit my mom, sometimes it's a little bit of a struggle for me. Um, You know, when I go throw something in the trash and see all of her cleaning products. Um, But I've definitely, I was always very health conscious, but, you know, I follow the standard American diet. So I, my version of health conscious was fat free everything. And um, so I can remember back in high school, you know, thinking I was being so healthy and I was eating fat-free hot dogs and fat-free cheese and fat-free yogurt, which sounds so disgusting. Um, and <laughs> But we were all there. We all went through that. I mean, especially in the 90s, everything was like low-fat, no-fat, you know. I mean, it wasn't really about the chemicals. It was about, you know, the calories. Absolutely. And I love that quote, there's too many people counting calories and not enough counting chemicals. Isn't um, that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> So that was definitely the case with me, Um, and then it was sometime, I can't remember, I was still living at home, and my sister came to me, and she said, I just read this article, Um, I have an older sister, and we're both very girly, you know, and so my sister came to me, and she's like, I just read this article, and apparently there are these things in all of our products um, that have been linked to cancer, and so she was talking about parabens, which Mm -hmm. um, if you know a little bit about chemicals or, or skincare products, and some of the unhealthy ingredients, you'll probably have heard of parabens before. If you look on Mm -hmm. the bottle of any shampoo or conditioner that you find at the drugstore or face wash, anything, hand soap, you'll see some kind of chemical from the paraben family. So it'll say like methylparaben or, um, so they, they all end in paraben and they all kind of live in these products. And so, you know, I didn't believe her at first and then I read the article and I looked in all of our products and sure enough, in every single product that we owned, there was a paraben. Um, so that was really the awakening for me. Um, and then from there, sort of researching that whole side of things, I got more into nutrition and it's amazing. And, you know, I mean, honestly, it is incredible how um, pervasive these chemicals are. And like you said, I mean, once you start looking at one, you know, just a paraben, um, and you start looking in all of your products, it's like, oh my gosh, it's in my shampoo, it's in my moisturizer, it's in the lotion, it's in, um, you know, every, I mean, absolutely everything, like almost every makeup product, every, anything that we put on our body. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people would be like, you know, if they're not familiar with this, they might be like, well, if it's in there, isn't it safe? Like, hasn't it been tested? Like, why would it be in there if it's not safe? And the reality is, is most of these chemicals haven't been tested or haven't been well studied. Yeah, absolutely. And same thing with food as well. But I think that's a really 
simple thing. I mean, of course, I always thought that as well. You know, obviously, if it's on the shelves, it's safe for me. It's totally fine for me to be rubbing this mm-hmm. all over my body. Um, but the toxic chemical laws in the U.S. are actually really, really not protecting consumers at all. They're really in the best interest of companies, um, and they're really outdated. So the current the current law that we're under was, I think, I want to say 76. It was into law. Um and so 1976, uh, that's a really long time ago. Um, and so they're currently trying to actually make some changes right now. There's, there's a law that I think is um, up for vote in the Senate, but, you know, it's about time. So as things are right now, we really aren't protected. And so you kind of have to be your own best advocate and really be an educated consumer. But and unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's super easy to just think if it's out there, it's safe for you. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I mean, yeah, exactly like we talked about with food as well. But, you know, it's really interesting because a lot of people are starting to make the connection that the food that we eat and the things that we actually ingest and put in our body, you know, have a, a an impact on our health. But I think for some people it's still kind of a foreign concept that what we put on our body, on our skin, um, is affecting our health as well. I mean, obviously people think of, like, you know, chemicals that if you put something on and it's like going to turn into a rash or it's going to burn you or whatever. I mean, obviously those are extreme situations and that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is chemicals that are toxic to our actual, like our endocrine system that affect our hormones. Our skin is actually our largest organ. So it's going to absorb what we put on it. That's why if you if you know of um, like prescription medications, like sometimes they they have you put on patches or things like that. It's because it actually yeah absorbs through your skin. So if we think about it, you know, slathering ourselves in lotion, you know, body wash, soaps, shampoos, conditioners, leave-in treatments. I mean, if you especially as women, if you go through a typical bathroom you're going to find tons and tons and tons of products and chemicals in those products. And I know that you, I think it was on your website, bodyunburdened.com, that you had a statistic that scientists estimate that every human body contains at least 700 chemical contaminants. Yeah, it's insane. Um, That is shocking. mm -hmm. There's been a lot of tests done. And, of course, with all things, you know, the number varies, but... All the numbers I've seen have been between five and 700 for an adult. And then the scariest thing is that actually a lot of these, so some of these chemicals, like if you've ever heard of BPA, BPA is actually passed through your system really quickly um, within a day or two. Uh, but your concern with a chemical like that is that it's like everywhere. So you, it may be out of your system in a couple of days, but if you're exposed to it every single day, um, but then other chemicals are really good at lodging themselves in your body and they kind of, they they go into your fat and they, they stay there. And um, the concern is then women, you know, mothers, um, they have children and your children are in your body. Obviously, you're making a baby in your body. Those chemicals are passing on to your child. And so there have also been studies done on infants in uh, test, testing the, the blood from from the from the umbilical cord, and they found 200 chemicals in umbilical cord blood, um, which is just so scary. Before these little babies are even born, they're being subjected to chemicals because, um, you know, their mother. Is. Right, and it's not their mother's fault. I'm not saying that by any means, um, because so many so many people don't know. And even if you know, it's like, oh my goodness, this in this world, it's just so hard to avoid them. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a huge concern that babies nowadays are born pre-polluted and you know you see an increase in 
childhood diseases. And you, you have to wonder if, you know, there's a connection there. Right. And I mean, no matter what the connection is, we know that, you know, babies being born with 200 man-made industrial chemicals in their cord blood, I mean, that cannot promote health, even if we can't draw that direct, direct correlation um, to one specific disease. I mean, we know um, that that's not good. And I absolutely agree with you. This isn't mom's fault. This isn't, you know, this isn't about mommy guilt or anything like that. This is just what's going on. And the empowering part is there's something you can do to reduce it. I'm not saying that you can live in a bubble and not get exposed to all kinds of things. Um, but there are a lot of things that we can do, just like with changing our diet, um, that the power is within our hands to make these changes and reduce that overwhelming, you know, body burden, that toxic load. Definitely. Yeah. So if people were to start, you know, I mean, let's just go – Let's just go to the kitchen, right? And let's think about what's underneath the sink. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's where most people keep what? Their household cleaners, right? So typically under there, what do you have? You have like a window cleaner. You have like a bathroom cleaner. Um, I don't know. What else would you have? <laughs> like kitchen countertop cleaner. Um, everything, right? <laughs> everything. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't had so much of that stuff for so long. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I use like two things for to clean my whole house. So to look at... um to look under most people's sink, though, it's this crowded, like, jumbled mess of cleaners that are full of chemicals, full of fragrances, full of all of these things. And when we clean our house with that, I mean, we're leaving that residue everywhere. So we're touching it. Our children are touching it. You know, we're putting that in our mouths. We're breathing in the, the VOCs, which are the volatile organic compounds. If we can smell something in that chemical smell, that's a VOC. That means that you're being exposed right then. Um, so what can people do if they've got that mess underneath the kitchen sink? What do they do? Um, well, first you throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> Safely, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and then just buy a few simple products. Um, I'm sure, Amy, you use in your household a lot. I, I would say if, if you're going to do a cleaning product um, or a, like a do-it-yourself cleaning product, which they're so so simple to make, um, my, my favorites are baking soda vinegar, lemon, um, some essential oils maybe if you want to go there. Um, Castile soap is so great. Mm -hmm. I also use that a ton um, in, in on my body and my face um, and a lot of body care DIYs. And it's re really that's it. And so the, also the beautiful thing about um, making your own products in this sense is that you kind of wind up saving a lot of money. So you need the toilet bowl cleaner and the, the kitchen counter cleaner and the bath bathtub cleaner you just kind of need a few really simple products and I just have one all-purpose spray that I pretty much use for everything um that's a little fancier you know I like soaked some lemon peels and some vinegar but you know you you don't even need to do that it's so it's as simple as just pouring some vinegar and some in diluting in some water in a spray bottle with some essential oils and that's what I do I mean honestly and that's what I've done for years and it's kind of amazing to think that just something that simple could kind of clean everything in your house because it's sort of a myth. I remember hearing years ago that sort of like soap is soap, right? And it's kind of like cleaner's cleaner. And so it's kind of been like um, profit driven for us to think that we need a countertop cleaner and a floor cleaner and a toilet cleaner and a, you know, and a bathtub cleaner. It's really kind of all going to do the same thing. Yeah, it's pretty much, it's good marketing. It's really good marketing, but you mm -hmm. really don't need all of that. 
No, you really don't. And yeah, that's exactly what we do. We have a diluted vinegar, vinegar water spray in a spray bottle. Um, I put some lemon essential oil in there. I absolutely love my essential oils. I use them for everything. Um, lemon is just a really nice broad spectrum and I think it smells so refreshing. Um, so I put that in there and then really, I mean, that can clean my countertops. It can clean the toilet, can clean the shower. If I really got soap scum or something going on the shower, sometimes I'll use a little baking soda in there but um because that's kind of like you're scouring um but it doesn't you know like scouring powder but it doesn't scratch it's not really um gonna hurt the material um so you can sprinkle that on and kind of scrub down with that but i mean really that's kind of it and isn't that amazing imagine not only the money you'll save like you said but like all the space that you'll save and you don't have to worry about I mean you don't want the kids to get into that and drink it but it's not like Drano. I mean it's really scary that yeah you have all these products and then on the back it's like if ingested call this number immediately and forbid a child gets their hands on that it's really scary so yeah it's a lot of them are like really cool colors you know you've got that like bright blue and I don't know there's some that are red and yellow and so to kids it's like ooh, what is this right yeah yeah, and so when it's your own, like, naturally made vinegar spray with lemon essential oil, I mean, those are pretty much food-grade products. Like, you don't want to have it in that concentration. You don't want them to sit and drink the whole bottle, but, you know, they're probably not going to either. And so that's, like, a huge thing to just start. I mean, imagine all of that stuff that you can get rid of. And like we talked about getting rid of it safely, a lot of cities and towns will have um, days throughout the year that they specifically have, like, a household chemical drop off. These these aren't things that you actually want to put in your trash. And again, I think that that tells us, okay, these are not safe products because they don't want you to throw these away because then they're going to get into the landfill and into the groundwater. They actually need to be disposed of responsibly and properly. Don't go and take, you know, your Drano or whatever and go throw it down the the sink thinking, oh, I'm just going to get rid of it. I'm not going to use it anymore because number one, if you combine a lot of these chemicals, that can be dangerous. And number two, that's not responsible. So um, contact your city or town and find out where you can take these things because I know that that's one thing that we needed to do um, when we were cleaning out our house seven or eight years ago. Um, I had this huge tote, like a Rubbermaid tote of all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. And I called the city and they had like you could go to the town dump or whatever and they had like several days probably every three months throughout the year, and you could go and take it, um, and they would safely dispose of it. So it's really important to do that. And I think, again, isn't that such a light bulb for us that these really aren't safe things? Definitely. Okay, so we've talked about the kitchen. And, again, I mean, how easy is that? But, um, you know, that under the kitchen sink, and, again, that can clean, like, kind of everything in the house. But let's talk about personal care products because – Um, Like I said, especially as women, I know men use a lot of products too, but especially as women, when you start talking about all the shampoo and the conditioner and all the different hair products and, um, you know, the body products and makeup and all that, it's really a lot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so much. And a lot of these things, like you said, they bioaccumulate, so they, they are stored in our fat. It's the toxic effects are really after they have accumulated for a while, Um, but they also interact with each other. Right, which is so scary because those interactions have never been tested, you know, for the most part. Uh, Right. And so there's a lot of concern, you know, concern over the unknown. So in my opinion, 
I don't know if you've heard of the precautionary principle, go back to high school science class. Um, but it's basically saying, you know, if there's a chance of harm and you can avoid it, why would you not, you know? Um, right. And so I totally agree. It's, it's, it's odd to think of yourself as sort of like a little laboratory where you're mixing all of these chemicals in your very own body and who knows what the outcome is. So you really don't want to want to be doing that um, if you can, if you can prevent it. So, and like you said, there's so many easy ways to prevent it. Just as, just as um, there's simple solutions for the kitchen or for your home. Um, There's so many great non-toxic skincare and beauty products or whole companies out there. Or if you, I know Amy, you also like DIYs. If you're into DIYs and want to make your own products, they are so easy and so effective. Um, You also, same thing, save a little bit of money. So it's a win-win situation in every way you can imagine. So true. And there's so many resources for that. And I think, you know, you're kind of like working on some fun projects with some DIY, aren't you? Do you have a book that you're working on with that? Yeah, yes. So I'm working on, um, which is just going to be a collection of DIYs, um, because that's definitely one of my favorite things, um, just making DIYs. And I know a lot of my readers love it, so I want to have a resource available. Um, and I suffered from quite a bit of adult acne after I graduated college, of course, the, the worst time possible in your life. I have perfect skin in high school, you know, when everyone else was breaking out. And then I graduated to college and was looking for a job and suddenly had this horrible acne. Um, and I really credit my, in addition to nutrition, um, a natural approach to skincare and specifically just like the, the, the simplest routine um, you can imagine to helping overcome that adult acne. Um, which for me was skin oils and I'm, I'm totally obsessed. If you come to my blog, I'll probably talk about it in like every other post, <laughs> but skin oils really helped me a lot. And yeah, so definitely they'll be featured quite a bit in the, in the ebook and, um, yeah, just a lot of DIYs, which is just a really fun thing to do. It makes opt for an awesome handmade gift. If you're ever looking for a good gift for the holidays or, I mean, who wouldn't love getting um, something handmade for them and that's safe and clean, you know, for their home? And what's really fun is that, like you said, not only do you save money, but you kind of get to customize things, you know, with the scents that you like, like with the essential oils. Again, we're not talking about artificial fragrances. We're talking about pure essential oils um, that really don't bother a lot of people. You know, people that are chemically sensitive and are bothered by fragrance very often are not bothered by essential oils because they are natural derived um, and you know they have properties of their own yeah they have so. beneficial properties that's the reason I first start, started to get into essential oils was skincare um, different essential oils have so many wonderful benefits for the skin if somebody isn't into DIY or do-it-yourself or making your own the good news is there are a lot of companies that are kind of coming up you know boutique companies and, and even bigger ones that um, you know are kind of getting the message that we don't want this stuff in our products. So they're coming up with these natural alternatives. So, you know, there's a lot of things that if you don't want to mess with it, um, you can buy it. You can buy safe products. Absolutely. Yeah, which is amazing. So, you know, I remember seeing that there was like eight, 80,000 chemicals, <laughs> 80,000 uh, that are used in commerce, and like 20% of those are kept a secret. Yeah, it's crazy. They're um, in, an industrial trade secret. Or, <laughs> yeah, like I said, the, the law is really in the favor of companies, and it's sad because, 
you know, every day, like I said, we're like basically walking lab experiments. And I think like what we talked about with things, you know, kind of accumulating and then interacting with one another, it, it really is like you're a Petri dish. Like nobody knows what's really going on in your body. And since we're all so different and we all have, you know, our own makeup, we don't really know what's going on genetically. Like how is that? What if your detox pathways are, you know, compromised or, you know, we've talked a lot about before about the MTHFR genetic mutation. If you've got that, you don't really have the ability to detox some of these things. Definitely. Yeah. Like I said, precautionary principle, you know, if, and if anybody can avoid it and you totally can, then it's, you know, it's best to do so. Yeah, okay, so if somebody's like, yeah, I totally want to go in and clean out my bathroom, I mean, what are they even looking for? I know we talked about parabens, but are there other things that they can go and, you know, recognize? Or, I mean, how do, where do you even start? Well, it's kind of like when you're transitioning to real food and you're looking at some of the products in your pantry and the ingredient list is a mile long <laughs> and you can't pronounce anything. It's kind of the same situation, um, but to make things easy, there are a couple really awesome uh, phone apps you can get. Um, so if you've ever heard of the Environmental Working Group, they do a lot of work on um, toxic chemicals, specifically the ones that we interact with on a daily basis, so skincare products and cleaning products. Um, and so Environmental Working Group has a database. It's called the Skin Deep Database, and they have so many products in there, so you can pull it up online and type in your the name of your product, and it will give you a ranking from 0 to 10, so 0 being, like, perfectly safe and 10 being a horrible toxic mess and you want to get rid of it immediately. <laughs> um, and they also have a phone app where you can – and I haven't used it in a while just because I – you know, <laughs> I don't really need to, but um, I'm pretty sure that it has a barcode scanner. So you can, if you have a product in your bathroom, you can scan the barcode and it will pull up the ranking for you. And um, then they also give you a safer alternative, which is really cool. Cool. I had not heard about the app. I've used the the website for years. And again, guys listening, um, I know that you're probably multitasking, can't write this down. So I will have all of the links of everything that we talk about, the websites, the books, the products on the show notes today so again if you go to realfoodwholehealth.com under podcast under episodes you'll find the show notes for today's post and all those links will be there for you so what we're talking about is the skin deep database or cosmetics database um, and it's put on by the environmental working group and you can actually take your product and this is for the the computer desktop version um, you enter in uh, like the product like when I was first doing this Years ago, I was using Max Factor um, mascara. So I put that in, and it was like, I don't even remember. I think 2,000 calorie or whatever was the brand. I don't even think it's on the market anymore. Um, but I put that in, and then it'll give you that rating, 0 to a 10, of, like, how toxic it is. Um, and then it actually gives you a breakdown of what's in there, like how did they come to this rating. And it'll tell you, you know, okay, it has parabens. Um, and it'll tell you what parabens, and then it'll say, what that might affect. And so, like, parabens are known endocrine disruptors. So a possible risk for that might be breast cancer or infertility or, like, birth defects or developmental um, delays, things like that. So it'll, like, break that all down for you so you can make the informed decision, like, do I want to use this or not? And, um, like, my mascara, it was a 10. It was a 10. And I had no idea. I mean, you know, it's mascara. I just bought it at the store. Like, who would think? I'm putting it near my eyes. 
Um, you know, it's something I was using every day. Like I never, and they all say like, you know, ophthalmologically tested and all this stuff. And I'm thinking like, oh, well, it's totally safe. But a 10. And now I was able to switch to something I actually use, Gabriel Color. I get it at Whole Foods. Um, I think it's like a zero. At most, it might be a two. I don't use anything higher than a four. Um, that's just what I decided for me personally. I wouldn't use anything higher than a four. Um, and usually I stick in the zero to two range. And so it, it's totally great because there's very easy um, substitutions that I love that the app, like the barcode scanner would be amazing because um, sometimes the names in there are a little bit tricky. You have to search for them a couple different ways. So if you can just scan the barcode, you know, it, it might look it up that way. And then um, to give you a substitution idea is really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and there's other uh, there's another app that's really similar called Think Dirty, and it's the same thing. And actually, I, I'm hoping I'm not mixing them up and saying that the barcode is it's dirty, but if you get both of them and play with them both, um, they're both really great resources. And it's fun, too. So if you go to, like, a Whole Foods and you're, you're ready, you're, you're going to buy your face wash, you're going to buy every, everything, totally start from, from scratch. You can just bring your phone to Whole Foods and scan the barcodes there and see what these new products are ranking as. Um, because, actually, one of the things for me was when I first started transitioning to, like, a more natural skincare routine, I thought that mineral everything meant that it was really safe. And so right. I just went out and I bought mineral-based makeup for everything. And it turns out, actually, that one of my mineral products was, like, a 7. And when I realized that, I was so sad because <laughs> I thought I was doing so well. Um, it's very tricky. It's so tricky. So even even if you're going to, like, a Whole Foods or, you know, like, some sort of well, wellness shop, you, you still want to do your research um, because you really, you really don't know what's in there and you'll have to double-check. You totally have to double check. And I mean, it's just like, um, it's just like with the food, you know, you still have to read those labels. And just because something's at a natural food store or Whole Foods or whatever, doesn't mean that it's got a green light on it. You know, you really have to do your research. And one thing that I liked, and especially with Whole Foods, like they're not sponsoring this, but, um, you know, I, especially in the beginning when I was transitioning things, I would buy things and try them out and if they didn't work out for me they'll let you bring it back so that's really nice because you know I know with products sometimes it's like okay you want me to spend $25 on you know this foundation or this mascara or whatever and it's like what if it's what if I hate it? What if it doesn't work? It's too light. You know, sometimes they'll have samples or they'll have things out, but you know, sometimes you really can't tell from that stuff. You really need to take it home and try it out. And so there were a couple times I would take something and I was like, Oh, this totally won't work. And for me, I think the natural hair care was so hard. The skincare wasn't even as hard as the hair care. Um, for me personally, I don't know why. Um, but like I went through tons of different, um, natural, um, shampoo and conditioners before I kind of found something that worked and you know and it's going to kind of change over time too depending on what's going on with you and your health and the season and your environment I mean there's a lot of stuff that'll affect your skin and your hair um, just as it does now but you can you know keep trying some natural products and find out what works also had a problem with the hair care it's hard I'm still I'm still looking for the perfect product yeah I know it's really I don't know what the story is with that um and I wouldn't say that I like really had stuff I loved before anyway um you know I mean just off the shelf but you know I don't know for some reason that that was one thing that kind of hung up for me and to be honest with you the one thing I've like that has stuck and I mean I've been changing this for eight years 
the one thing that I've really had a hard time with is hairspray. Um, because for me, I have really fine hair. I have a lot of hair, but it's fine. And so to have anything that's going to hold a style, I really need an aerosol. Um, and I found one at Aveda that was like better. You know, it's got, it doesn't have the fragrance. It has the pure fume, which is like essential oil based. Um, and it had less chemicals, but it's still not super clean. Um, so I don't use it. You know, I compromise. I don't use it very often. Um, when I do, it's the last thing I do and I spray it on lightly. I have like the fan going, you know, in the bathroom, like the exhaust fan. And then I just like leave right away. Um, so that I'm not, like, breathing it in. And it's totally a compromise, but I have had a hard time finding that. A lot of the natural ones are um, pumps, and that didn't work for my hair. So it was kind of this compromise, like, what, you know, I want my hair to look a certain way. I want, you know, that's important to me. And so it was like, but I don't want to have all these chemicals either. So it really is about finding what works for you and trying a bunch of different things to see what the fit is and you know I mean the good news is it's like I've been using the same skincare routine for probably eight years now it's really easy I use one simple cleaner I get it from um, I think it's Desert Essence I use their face wash and um, and then I use tallow balm for my moisturizer and I love it and I there's you know Ventures Tradition I think Fat Face makes one that's a tallow balm it's grass-fed tallow and essential oils and uh, it's phenomenal yeah I mean two steps and I know you do like the oil method do you do oil cleansing or you use facial oils don't because I just can't it's a mental thing with me I can't get over not cleaning my face with like a soap just I don't know so if I don't know if you've talked about oil cleansing method before on the podcast. We haven't. But for anybody who's new to it, it's basically just taking an oil and rubbing it all over your face to lift up all the dirt and the makeup and then putting a hot, like a, a wet hot cloth over your face and really like steaming open your pores and sort of wiping everything off. And so for me, just mentally, I'm like, I need the soap. I need, I need to feel like my face is being cleaned. Um, so I just make my own face soap with Castile soap and dilute it in some water, add some honey and essential oils, um, which is big great for me but I know a lot of people who swear by the oil cleansing method but so for me I just use oils as like a moisturizer um that's what I'm like I said so it's really big for me and you know I think a lot of people are probably like wait we're not supposed to put oil on our face right but it actually doesn't make our skin oily and like we kind of need those oils to protect I mean it's different it's so different because when you know I was a teenager like the big thing was use the Noxzema and the Stridex pads and the, all that stuff, like, get the oil off. Like, that's the worst thing. But, like, when we over-dry and strip our, our face of these natural oils, like, we actually end up causing more damage. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I know people that swear by the oil cleansing method, too. And I'll put a link on there on the show notes to some blog posts about that because it really can be helpful for some people on some skin types. I tried it and it worked great for me for a few days. And then, um, I kind of felt like maybe I was breaking out a little bit. And I know that they say that sometimes that can be normal and you can overcome it, but I never kind of had that stretch of time where it was like, okay for me to be breaking out. So I just kind of went back to what worked for me and, um, and it's great. What I have worked out works for me. It works well. And it's so easy because it's two products. And I mean, I, and I remember back in the day, even as like a teenager and, and young adult, 
not really having to worry about wrinkles and things like that. But at that time, I was still using like, you know, under eye cream for this and a toner and a, and a cleanser and a moisturizer and then a deep moisturizer. And yeah, I mean, it was just like all these products mm-hmm. and they all had chemicals. They all had chemicals. I think it's, they, so. they say like the average woman wears 500 chemicals on the average day or something phenomenal that you would never believe. But I mean, sure enough, we put on a lot of products. So um, I believe it. Yeah, and I mean, it's really about all the different things, um, you know, all the different steps. It's not usually just one thing. Um, so it does accumulate, and it's so important to just read those labels. And, you know, honestly, like you said before, a lot of the, the chemicals are hidden on the labels. Um, so a lot of times you're not actually going to get a product label. You kind of have to dig, and, and that's where that, like, database the skin deep database or the um what's the other one think dirty yeah think dirty yeah that's where they can sort of come in and help you investigate definitely they're awesome everyone should download them and i just want to mention something about when we were talking about oil cleansing method because like i said i'm totally obsessed with face oil so i'm gonna go back to it for a second if you don't mind (laughs) if anyone tries it and amy i don't know what kind of oil you were using but i know a lot of people use coconut oil for it and coconut oil doesn't sit well with a lot of people's skin it can clog your pores did not work well for me. If anybody out there is in like, oh, I tried oil cleansing method or just oil as moisturizer on your face. And if you are only using coconut oil, um, I encourage you as a face oil fan to try a different oil <laughs> because there are so many different ones to choose and they all have different benefits for the skin. So if you have more like oily skin, jojoba oil might be a good option for you. Because it like mimics your skin's oil and actually helps you produce less oil and gets rid of blackheads and acne, so it's pretty awesome. So just another quick note about oil cleansing method. <laughs> I use Tamanu oil and I used jojoba oil um, and a couple of different ones that were actually really phenomenal. And I kind of stuck with those for a while. In fact, Tamanu used to be my go-to. Um, Tamanu is it's a nut. It's a nut oil and. Um, You know, so I would do my cleansing, and then I would put that on as my moisturizer, and it sort of worked great for the summer um, because it was a little bit lighter, and then I found that in the winter, especially in New England, um, I needed something a little bit heavier, so that's when I switched to the tallow balm, um, and, you know, so that's oil-based, it's fat-based, but... um, then I found, you know, come summer, I didn't really want to switch back. Like, I would just use maybe a little bit less. Um, but there would be times, like, I still have times where, you know, I don't know if it's cyclical or, you like, what's going on with my hormones or whatever. But it's like, I'll notice, okay, like, I just know I need a day where I don't put this on. And so... You know, because usually I wash my face in the morning and at night, and so before bed, like, I'll put on the towel bomb again. And um, so sometimes I go, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm maybe going to break out, like, a tiny bit. Um, so I just don't use the oil at night, and by the morning, everything's back to normal. So it's really just being in touch with your body and, like, figuring out what's going on and, again, what works for you. Um, because remember, like, I know we've talked about this before, but... Everybody thinks that, you know, health is like this place, right, that you're going to get to and you're going to live there and it's going to be this town and everything's happily ever after. But that doesn't really exist. It's a journey. And we kind of have to go with the ups and downs of life and with all of these, like, other factors, right? So it's kind of the same thing with skin and body care. 
you know, as things change in your life with your hormones or with your environment, the weather, like all this stuff going on, you kind of have to just go with the flow, right, and find what's working for you right then. Yeah, it's all about being flexible. It's nice when, though, when you find that tried and true product that you can kind of go back to. Oh, yeah, totally. Like build up, you know, the tools in your toolkit, right? (laughs) So we've talked about skincare. We've talked about hair care. Um, you know, and a lot of people think, oh, okay, so skincare, you know, we're talking about, you know, facial cleansing, we're talking about maybe soap, you know, in the shower, um, you know, but there's other things too, not just moisturizing, but deodorant, deodorant is a big deal. Definitely. Yeah, if there was one product I would start with, if you're in your bathroom and you're just shaking your head thinking there's no way, you know, <laughs> like I have to, if you scanned everything and you you realize maybe you want to change everything, if there's a place to start, I'd say it's deodorant because um, you're applying them right. I would agree. Yeah, just where they're being applied and also aluminum is the very scary, sketchy, <laughs> um, can't kind of call it a chemical, but a, a heavy metal basically that right. you um, you don't really want to be putting on your body. Um, and natural deodorants work. Um, it's, it's kind of like you were saying with skincare, like it's a, it's a, you may have to work to find the product that works for your body. Um, but I can guarantee you there's some natural deodorant out there that will, will work for you. (laughs) Um, it's a little bit of a process finding the right one sometimes. Um, I'll put a few links on the show notes to ones that I've tried and some of my favorites, but, um, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I would totally recommend changing that. I even had one I made, you know, homemade for a while, and it was it had a lot of coconut oil in it. And the coconut oil, I found, started, like, kind of clogging pores. It really um, – I love coconut oil for a million different reasons, but um, that's one thing on the skin. It can kind of clog your pores. Yeah, like, coconut oil is a really good antibacterial, so I know that's why it's in a lot of deodorants. And it's funny, like these things that you don't really give much attention to and you, you think like, oh, you need chemicals down there. We're like, don't I need a chemical to keep me from not getting terrible BO and offending everybody in my office? <laughs> but it's like actually these really gentle, simple ingredients can work. So what's your favorite right. now? So right now I actually have just switched um, to Bella Organics. Um, I discovered them at ShiftCon, um, which was a fabulous eco-blogging conference. I went to that um, back in September, and um, they had little samples there. And I I tried it because I was actually using Fresh before, um, P-H-R-E. SH fresh and um, it was like kind of a, a very similar to what I had been using at home but it had some shea butter and some other things in it and I love that it has like arrowroot powder to sort of so you, what you want to do is like it's two different things right when we're talking about deodorants and antiperspirants we're talking you know an antiperspirant will sort of keep you from sweating and deodorant kind of helps you smell fresh um, so what's cool in the natural deodorants you know it's not an antiperspirant we're actually allowing our body to sweat because we need Need to do that like our lymph glands are some lymph glands are right under you know our arms there they're very close to that area and so we kind of need um to naturally sweat but we of course don't want to smell um so the deodorants help with that and they also absorb some wetness with the baking soda or arrowroot powder cornstarch or kind of whatever um depending on the brand is in there and then essential oils or is usually what they use um to help with this smell and um and making sure the bacteria is kept in check and all that so anyway i had been using 
you know, my homemade for a long time, and then it kind of wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. I was kind of getting irritated. I think I had a little too much baking soda in there. It can kind of irritate um, sensitive skin. And so then I went to Fresh, and um, I had one on Etsy I was using for a while that, you know, somebody else was making, and it was actually in a stick, uh, just like a normal deodorant and not a cream that you applied with your fingers, and that worked well too. Um, but, yeah, once I found Bella Organics, I was like, oh, this is really awesome, and I didn't have any irritation with that. Um, so that's what I'm using right now. What about you? Um, I have a DIY that I've been using for ages, and it works really well with me. Um, I know, so, yeah, some people get a lot of sensitivity to the baking soda, um, but this one has baking soda in it, so it's just coconut oil baking soda, arrowroot, um, bentonite clay, which is like a healing clay that helps draw impurities out of the body, um, and then, yeah, some essential oil. So it's super simple, um, and I love it. And, yeah. I love the addition of the clay. That's really – I like that a lot. Yeah, it's kind of fun because it's like, well, you have to put on deodorant every day anyways. Why not put a little detox aid in there? <laughs> Exactly. I love bentonite clay. I actually use that. This is something that you can just buy at, at many health food stores. Um, you know, you can order it on Amazon or Mountain Rose Herbs or one of those. Again, I'll put some links on the show notes, but um, it's really like my go-to mask, my face mask, and it's something I do. I really used to do it once a week. I probably do it now a couple times a month, um, but you just mix it with either apple cider vinegar or um, water and apply it, and it dries. It's a clay mask. It dries, and then you just wash it off, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Do you use it for that, too? Do you do body mask or face mask? I do. I love it for a face mask. I miss it sometimes with some um, activated charcoal, and it really helps all the gunk out because they both, like, are really great at just drawing out impurities. But on its own, too, yeah, with apple cider vinegar, it's great. You can also put it on your feet as, like, a little gentle detox through your feet. Um, yeah, it's a good – it's – it's a good staple to have. Once you've replaced all of the things under your um, kitchen cabinet and your bathroom, I think it's like the next next step kind of. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And, um, yeah, that's a great idea to kind of do a foot bath with that. I know that a lot of people do, you know, some clay baths, like detox baths, when they're doing like a gut healing protocol like GAPS or autoimmune paleo or something. Sometimes they'll do the the healing baths with that. And um, it's really easy, really natural. Um and very cheap, definitely, which is always nice. So, you know, um, again, we're, you know, talking about body care. We've talked about hair care a bit. We've talked about skin care, um, you know, body care as far as deodorant and, of course, your lotions and things like that. The good news is a lot of these oils or tallow balms or, or those kind of things you can use on your body as well. It, it's kind of the same concept of, you know, the cleaning. Like, you don't have to have something for, like, every little thing. You don't need something for your hands, something for your feet, something for your, you know, your knees. Like, it doesn't have to be all these separate things, right? Yeah, definitely. Save money, save space, like, declutter that cabinet. Um, use it. Use the extra room to, like, stock up on all your essential oils, right? <laughs> I've got essential oils, like, in every medicine cabinet. In every room of my house, yeah. Totally, yeah, because I grab them and use them for whatever. Um so we've talked about body care, but what about um, tooth care? Because this is something that, again, a lot of people aren't thinking about, but 
commercial toothpaste is kind of crazy. It is. Yeah, it's kind of like deodorant. Um, And it's the same kind of thing, too. So you think, like, oh, why well, I need those chemicals to not smell. And with teeth, well, maybe now you're thinking, oh, but I need those chemicals to keep my teeth clean and to keep them white. Um, And it's a hard, really hard thing mentally to get over. Like, I totally had that for a while. And I, I live with my fiancé now. And, you know, when we first moved in together – that was a hard thing, <laughs> trying to explain to him that you don't need all these chemicals. Um, and, you know, once he saw the effectiveness of natural products, now now he's a believer, but it's totally a hard thing to map, wrap your mind around when you're first exploring. But, um, yeah, I mean, those – I know Environmental Working Group, their Skin Deep database also has an oral care section. So, you know, put in all your products and see where they rank and then, you know, find new, find better options. Um and yeah, I mean, just same thing with skincare products, better, better alternatives exist. So, um, yeah. And I know a lot of people do oil pulling. I've actually never done that myself, but I've been interested to do it. Um, which is where you just kind of like swish around oil, I guess for like 15 minutes. Um, and they say that it's awesome at whitening your teeth and I guess it has some certain detox benefits as well. I actually don't know all that much about it though. That's the whole thing. It's supposed to help detox and that, yeah, it keeps your teeth really clean and white. And um, I did oil pulling for quite a while, and I still do it from time to time. Um, when I started doing it, I still had my um, my amalgam fillings, the mercury silver fillings, and it actually kind of loosened those. I think my body was like, get rid of them, get rid of them. Um, and so I quit doing it until I could get them, you know, safely removed. And now that I've finish that process, um, you know, I can oil pull with no issue. But um, I know a lot of people think, oh, well, that's fine. Like, they could do it with the amalgams or whatever. But for me, it just, you know, I did notice, like, they were starting to kind of come out. And I thought, well, that's crazy. So I'm not going to keep doing it. And um, But then I started doing it again. It was great. And so a lot of people will use coconut oil or a mix of, like, coconut and sesame oil or kind of just sesame like I think people rotate to get different benefits but um yeah it's really interesting I know some people really swear by it um some people use essential oils in addition to kind of amp up you know the benefits but um you know that's kind of in addition to brushing your teeth um and like you said there's so many options I love that the the skin deep database does have the oral care section I've actually learned a lot from Aura Wellness as well. That's I'll put a link to their website, but they've got a tooth oil, and they've done just tons of research on oral care and, you know, of course, responsible oral care. Um, so what kind of toothbrush to use? Like, should it be soft? Should it be hard? Um, the, the tooth oils that they've put together, um, you know, are very traditional um, – traditionally known for their oral health benefits and so I think that that's a really great resource it tastes phenomenal it's easy to use you just put a couple drops on your toothbrush Um, we use earth paste very often you know I kind of switch around depending on my mood but um, I even have a homemade one uh, toothpaste that I've made for a while and that's fabulous so there's so many options yeah, I've heard great things about oral wellness. Yeah, I like them a lot. I really do. And, you know, what's cool is, like, I'm on their – I get their newsletter, you know, e- email newsletter, and they've always got some really interesting articles on, like, what's going on. And they talk about, like, you know, natural cavity care. They talk about do you need a root canal or how to kind of 
recover after you've had a root canal, um, they just address a lot of issues, um, you know, natural teeth whitening, all these kind of things, and I found it to be really helpful and informative, um, you know, especially because I'm a nerd like you, right? <laughs> we want to know all these things, and, and, you know, most of the people listening are totally into this stuff too, nutrition and non-toxic living. So it's always really interesting to kind of figure out those those new things but um yeah their tooth oil is great and like i said i've made my own and then i made my own toothpaste and then i did earth paste and you know for me the biggest thing is avoiding um fluoride and then any of the artificial toxic chemicals in there and you know i actually didn't change my toothpaste for a while i i was kind of resistant i kind of thought well you know but these are my teeth right and i was kind of like really skeptical that natural things could could do the job and this is probably I don't know eight or nine years ago and I actually was having a bit of a problem um with I don't remember if I was using Crest or Colgate or whatever it was but um I was using just a something off the grocery store shelf and I was actually getting like a little cyst on my gums and it would like never go away it would just get worse and then kind of like pop and then come back it was just bad and um so I started looking for alternatives, and I think I switched over to Tom's. This is before they were bought out and all of that, and it was fluoride-free, and you know what? When I switched, I never had another issue. That's awesome. And it's, and it's never come back, ever, and it's been years. And uh, it was really a, a recurring issue, and I think it was something in whatever was in the toothpaste, but there's like saccharin in a lot of that toothpaste there's artificial flavors colors and those little um what are they called those little beads yeah, the plastic beads that get lost yeah <laughs> that can get absolutely lodged in your gums they're finding this like dentists were finding these in people's mouth and they were like what is this and they figured out it was these plastic beads that are in so many of the toothpaste, they're supposed to be scrubbing beads or whatever, and they're getting lodged in people's gums, in their tissue. Yeah. Yeah, you can't see me right now, but I'm totally shaking my head. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. I really, I just think it all comes down to marketing. I And I totally, I'm such a sucker for, you know, I, you know, oh, the newest whitening tooth, tooth product, you need to get it. Um, But... Yeah, they're just trying to make some money. But there's, like, a whole movement now, ban the microbead, because they're actually a big environmental issue, too. Because um, plastic pollution in general is such an issue. But these are all little plastic beads, right? And so now we're brushing our teeth with them, and there's a lot of face washes that have them in there for exfoliant. And um, then they're getting into the waterways, and fish are eating them, and <laughs> it's a whole mess. So there, I think there's actually – I think in California they may have just passed a law to um, – ban the cell products with plastic microbeads in it. Hopefully soon it will be a nationwide thing. Wow. But it's really nuts. Yeah, why would you want to be <laughs> brushing your teeth with these little plastic beads? It doesn't – you don't think about it at the time, but when you think about it in retrospect, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe maybe not. That's not such a great idea, right? Yeah, it's crazy because you don't really know the stuff is in there. And, again, I think that public perception is it wouldn't be on the shelf if it's not safe. And, unfortunately, as we know – from food, that's just simply not the case. And just because something isn't going to kill us the minute that we use it doesn't mean that it's safe. Right, especially when it's something like toothpaste. You're using it twice a day, every every day, hopefully. <laughs> you also have to think about the prolonged exposure. So, you know, it might be a small-scale exposure, maybe, if you're, you know, using it once. But if you're using it twice a day, every day, and then you're also using all these other bajillion products, um, 
you know, it starts to add up to a lot. Does and I think again that's what we're talking about is that cumulative effect and so while you know you may go in and go okay I'm gonna switch out my toothpaste it's like okay but we're still using deodorant and you know commercial hair products and skin products and all these makeups and all that so it is a process and you know it's like we we have this um this movement right now that we're doing it's our change one thing challenge and so it's ha- hashtag change one thing all spelled out and it's a challenge that we're doing on social media and so everybody has committed to changing one thing every day so i want you to go on social media right now you can go on facebook instagram twitter whatever but tell us what you changed today and hashtag change one thing and we will see it's great because everybody is going in and sharing what they're doing and so it's giving everybody else ideas on what they can change um and it's really like a group support so it's really cool so if you can change one thing you know go in and you know take out that deodorant and start trying a natural deodorant change out your toothpaste and and try something else a tooth oil or earth paste or whatever um just change one thing, take some action, and that action is going to build into something else. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's been really fun, and um, it's been kind of amazing to see all the things that, you know, people are changing, and, I mean, it's giving everybody ideas, but it's giving me, like, oh, yeah, like, I need to address that, or, yeah, I've kind of been lax on that, so I'm going to step it up, and I think that that's, you know, that's always cool because it's always a process, right? Oh, it's such a process. That's the thing, too. Like, if you're listening to this, don't don't get overwhelmed and you don't need to change everything at once. That's awesome that it's change one thing because it's totally baby steps. And if you can only afford to or have the time to finding one alternative product to change out today or this week or this month, and that's great. Good for you for just doing, doing the one. Um, and just like with food, you know, I don't know if you play by the 80-20 rule where it's like you eat 80 80- percent clean all the time or 20 or for some people it's different but you can't you can't kill yourself over that one product you know if for you it's hairspray for me sometimes I put on a spritz of like really horrible chemically filled perfume because I get to find like I mean I use my essential oils but you know I have this one perfume that I've always loved and if I'm going out for a nice dinner I'll put it on you, you know I'm not going to kill myself over it you know it's exactly that I put that on that once well and again there's things that you can do there and it's something really simple like putting that on your clothes as opposed to on your bare skin right yeah you know, and it's still, you've got the smell, you've got that scent, um, you know, and of course, you know, you're still breathing in that and whatever, but yeah, no, I totally get you. I totally identify. And I absolutely think do not beat yourself up over those one, one or two things, because overall it's about, um, the accumulation overall, it's about what we're doing the majority of the time. And even though I don't super love the 80, 20 rule, because I don't think that we can like eat, you know, McDonald's and drink a bunch of Cokes and that kind of stuff, like 20% of the time. Like, I still think your 20% has to be pretty darn amazing. Um, I kind of more like the 90-10 role, but that's just me personally. That's just me. But <laughs> but with the personal care products, it's exactly the same. And if you've just got one or two and you just use that a few times a month, that's so different, you guys, than putting it on every single day and with all the other stuff, too. And like I said, those simple changes of, like, instead of the perfume on your bare skin, put it on your clothes. For me, it's the hairspray. Like, use it lightly. Use it fast. I hold my breath. I put it on. I walk out of the room. I make sure there's ventilation in that room. Like, I don't let the dogs in there when I'm putting on. I mean, it's not, like, 
all that ridiculous. It comes pretty naturally. I'm just like, okay, don't be in here. Quick spray and leave. Um, so explaining the steps actually takes a lot longer than it even does to do. But it makes a difference because otherwise I could be in there for 30 minutes, you know, breathing that in. Um, so it's all about the little steps and it's all about making the changes and figuring out what works for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we can go into uh, laundry detergent, you know, laundry detergent and fabric softeners. We can go into um, personal care products, you know, especially for women, all of our you know, pads and tampons and things like that. They actually just found, what was it, glyphosate. Mm -hmm. They were testing tampons, and I think it was mainly tampons, but maybe pads as well. And in addition to the other concerns, you know, the plastics and the all the chemicals that are found in these products, they found glyphosate Roundup in tampons. No. <laughs> That's crazy. It really is crazy. That's really scary. So we have to be aware of what we're putting on our body, in our body, around our body, what's in our environment, in our home. Um, you know, again, I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some articles. And, and Nadia, we're going to put a link, of course, to your website because you've got lots of information. You've um, really focused on this, you know, and I know, like I said, that you're working on these books about that. So really great resources for people to delve in and start doing research and making these small changes. Great. Well, it was so fun to talk with you today. I'm so glad that you were here. Thank you so much for sharing with us, and um, I really appreciate it. All right. Well, have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today, and please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.